Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and superfans analyze and dissect the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. Before we get into this week's episode, we have an announcement to make. Woo! Ah! <laughs> so, as you all know, we only release uh, new episodes the first three Tuesdays of every month, and we take off the last Tuesday, last two Tuesdays, if there's five weeks in a month. But next week, our patrons will get a special episode just for them on Tuesday, September 28th. And Caitlin, do you want to tell them what we are releasing next week? Only the lovely mid-2000s John Tucker must die. <laughs> yes. We are recording Always and Forever Movie Edition. That's a working title that we do not have plans yet. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> but yes, John Tucker must die, which uh, stars uh, Jesse Metcalf, uh, Brittany Snow, Ariel Kebble, Ashanti, and a, and a lovely young lady who you may know. Uh, her name is uh, Sophia Bush. Who's that? I mean, she, she looks kind of cool, I guess, just looking at the movie poster. I mean, I don't really know her that well. She's really familiar looking. Hmm. I'm not sure. But <laughs> anyway, this movie, which by the way, I, I looked into this. This movie is available on Tubi, which is a free ad-supported streaming service. So there's no excuse for you not to be able to watch it. It's also available for rent on Amazon as well. So always and forever, listeners, if you want to watch this movie before our discussion... Go forth and watch it, because the movie is so fucking amazing. And, Kayla, I'm excited to talk about this one, because I think this movie really holds up. You know, I haven't watched this... I've seen this movie many times, but I haven't watched it in a long period of time, so I'm, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, probably like a decade. Yeah. So. so I'm really... Probably similar for me, because I can't even recall the last time. It was probably with my friends, just eating popcorn and pizza or whatever, and we just pop on movies but um i am curious if it holds up yeah like from what i remember i feel like there's a lot of moments it, so it's gonna be actually kind of funny because i feel like on on our regular one tree hill podcast we always talk about how some of the stuff doesn't hold up i feel like for this one i'm gonna it's gonna be the exact opposite for me because i feel like this movie was way before its time in many ways which yeah We'll talk about that. We haven't recorded this episode yet, so, you know, obviously I'm not going to tell you yet either, Caitlin. You gotta wait. Yes. Keep it secret. (laughs) Anyway, uh, John Tucker Must Die, I will uh, read the back of the DVD. Because Jeremy and I both have the DVDs. (laughs) Yes, we do. It's like a double-sided disc with, like, the full screen on (laughs) one side. Oh, snap. (laughs) Full screen on one side, widescreen on the other. (laughs) Anyway, the back of the DVD box that says, the, the DVD box set, um, I'm so used to being on One Tree Hill mode. <laughs> it's not a box set, it is one movie. <laughs> anyway, Hollywood's hottest young hunk, Jesse Metcalf, TV's Desperate Housewives, delivers big laughs on campus in this hot, hilarious film. When three gorgeous gals discover they've all been duped by smooth-talking stud John Tucker, they hatch a devious revenge scheme to turn the tables on him. Now, Tucker is going to have to change his ways or the school jock will soon become the class joke. Can the tantalized teen trio turn this serial dater into a one-woman man? Find out in the hit movie that proves revenge isn't just sweet. It's hysterically funny. Yes, I'm so excited. Oh my god, I really can't wait. And this is like Jesse Metcalf's, like, prime years, (laughs) because he was... (laughs) 
I mean, he became super well-known during the Desperate Housewives years. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was that same era when that show started. I feel like this movie was supposed to be, like, a star-making vehicle for him. I don't really think it quite worked out. I mean, he's he still works. He does, like, yeah. Hallmark movies and whatnot. But, yeah, it's a real shame, though, because I think he's great in this movie. Sophia's really good in this movie. This is a, That's a great cast in this movie. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to revisit <laughs> this. <laughs> Anyway, that's another time. So that'll go live for patrons at the Brooke Davis level on Tuesday, September 28th. But this week, we are discussing Let the Rains Go Loose, the seventh episode of season two, which was written by R. Lee Fleming Jr., directed by David Paymer, and originally aired on the WB on November 2nd, 2004. As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. It's opening night of Trick, and there's lots of drama. Initially, Haley bails out of Satan because she's too nervous. But when Chris Keller walks off stage, she's pressured to go on in order to save the night. And boy, does she impress everyone. Go, Haley James Scott! Woo! Yes! Tension heats up between Felix and Lucas when Felix finds Anna's topless photo booth picture from Dare Night. Little does Felix know, Lucas never actually saw the picture until now. Felix becomes upset with Anna for doing things that could cause rumors, like in her last school. Ultimately, Felix warns Lucas to stay away from his sister. Meanwhile, Mouth notices that Brooke has been drunk and upset the whole night, so he confronts Felix about it. Lucas steps in to defend Mouth, and Felix starts a fistfight with Lucas. Later on, Mouth takes Brooke home, puts her to bed, and confesses that he loves her. But she wakes up to see Felix and believes he was the one who took her home. In other news, Andy meets little Lucas and finds out he's actually a teenager. After a night of teasing about quote-unquote other boyfriends, Jules decides to make her relationship with Keith exclusive. Karen confronts Deb about sleeping with Keith after finding out from Dan. But Deb lies about it and says they never did. At the end of the night and right in front of Haley, Rick reveals that Peyton actually did do drugs the night that he pressured her. Searching for overly ripe cantaloupe, I'm Caitlin Elenich. <laughs> Jeremy Rodriguez likes that intro. That's my <laughs> intro, by the way. Are you, are you serious? Yes, that is my intro. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so we both had Chris Keller <laughs> intros. We definitely did. Which, by the way, in the last spoiler segment, we were chatted about like, when does Chris start use talking to himself? Or when does he start talking about himself in the third person? And it's literally his his second episode in the series. I so, caught that too. <laughs> It was. I was very happy to see that. I was like, okay, this is when it begins. This is Chris Keller oh, here. For sure. <laughs> and I just love the rider that he came up with for Peyton and going through the list of these really specific things. And I thought the cantaloupe was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted number three pencils? I know. <laughs> what would he need number three pencils for? Yeah. Number three? Whoever uses number three? Isn't it always number two? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that was, like, always, like, the popular thing in Scantrons and shit like that in yep. school, but I, I don't know. Also, I have to ask, 
if you're just a small town, I don't want to say just a small town artist, because obviously I really respect like indie musicians and everything like that. But I know the world in general doesn't respect indie musicians like Chris Keller. So I'm just saying, if this was real life, would artists of his caliber actually have riders? And would people at the who own the clubs actually respect them? I don't think so. And this one was like, come on. It was just like this really random stuff <laughs> that I don't even think he needed, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, okay. I mean, obviously, I feel like it's just uh, just to establish who he is as a character. So establish that he's kind of a, a diva, <laughs> to say the least. Oh my god, he's definitely a diva. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh my god. I love your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was really thinking it was just going to be like a really like quick like pull out of my ass then. <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. <laughs> Oh, this is the anyway. good One Tree Hill stuff. This, this Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. Anyway, so this episode is titled After the Song, Let the Reins Go Loose by the Get Up Kids. And what were your thoughts on this song and its connection to the episode, Caitlin Illinich? Thank you very much, Jeremy Rodriguez. <laughs> 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 um, So I feel like this song obviously is about a relationship of some sort. But I feel like the a lot of the song is about regrets and realizing like a relationship didn't end up how you thought it would, basically. Like certain lines, like the very first one, can you take the bullet back? That definitely like screams like regrets to me. Like, can you take back what you've done? Like something that maybe is so permanent in that way. And then there was the other line, which is right off of the title of the song itself. Where did we let the reins go loose? And that, I really feel like it's about, like, kind of losing control in a way. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that relates to the episode in terms of there's a lot of different changes going on with different relationships. And, uh, well, the obvious thing in the episode is there's a fist fight between... Felix and Lucas so that really like heated things up in the episode so I feel like things are just getting complicated like really complicated for sure so who did you think uh, has like regrets and how is that getting illustrated in the episode um I feel like regrets let's see I don't know if anyone actually had regrets in this episode can you think of any I don't know about, like... I feel like, like the uh, song's about regrets, but I don't know necessarily yeah. any of the characters. I know there's regrets, like, there's some something going on with Felix and Anna and rumors that are old school. So yeah. that feels like a regret to me. But I don't know if any of the other characters necessarily are feeling regrets. But I feel like yeah. the song is about that, though. You know? Okay. I mean, I uh, the way I took it, I took it as, like, uh, it's about, like, how life that doesn't necessarily turn out the way you anticipate it it was so it was the pre-chorus of the song that really resonated with me and the lyrics are this isn't what i wished for this isn't what i knew what can wait and do and i mean i think specifically this applied to nathan and Haley because we saw that nathan was taking a step back from basketball to try to support his wife so she can pursue music and then at the end of the episode when he's with Haley, and then Haley walks away and then you hear Chris being like do you know how many people want to nail your wife tonight 
And then I feel like Nathan's like, whoa, what kind of, what kind of life did I put Haley into? So there could be regrets there, actually. Yeah, as you were explaining that, I was thinking yeah. Nathan it's might be really feeling. It's not really touched on. Yeah. Yeah. It's subtle. It's subtle, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely not touched on in this episode, but I feel like there's, the seeds are being planted right there, where it's, where Nathan's starting to question, like, whoa, what did I do? You know? Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I mean, we also, I mean, as far as, like, life not turned out the way you anticipate, the way you anticipate it. Uh, we also see Karen dating a much younger guy. Oh my god. Are you going to get me started on that? <laughs> there will be time to discuss that later. <laughs> because I have I, a lot to say. <laughs> I know you have some thoughts. And I know I do too. And it's it's just so funny. I feel like you were the one who had to point that out to me. Because uh-huh. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And uh, on the on the um on the complete opposite side, I know we talked a lot about relationships, but I also think uh, Brooke and her financial situation can really be applied here because Brooke obviously did not anticipate any of this happening. Um, she's making up fake charities in her school to try to get some money for herself, which is problematic, Brooke. <laughs> but... Yeah, Brooke is really depressed in this episode, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I fully realized that before. Like, I really paid attention to it this time around. So I don't know if we could describe that as a regret, but it's definitely um, a conflict that she's facing, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It definitely propelled the drama a bit. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But shall we talk a little bit about Brooke and Felix and Mouth right now? Yes. I don't know why I said that so so slowly. (laughs) Felix... And Brooke so, and Mouth. Yep. <laughs> the first thing I want to say about that, I found it hilarious how the whole Ryder storyline with Chris Keller and Peyton <laughs> yes. just kind of morphed into a Brooke and Felix storyline because Brooke had this fantastic idea. <laughs> it was just so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't even. Did you write any of that down? You probably probably your favorite quote or one of. It, it, it's not actually. It's not. <laughs> no. I can't I did not remember exactly what was said, but it was so funny. Like no sleeping, no sleeping late, no. I don't. No know. Cuddling. No like, cuddling. There were like a few things in there. Yeah. No cuddling. <laughs> no overnights. No asking about like if uh if you want to date somebody else. Oh my gosh. I mean, we end up seeing later on that it's actually, uh, she's actually a little bit insecure about the whole thing, because Felix goes on a date with Teresa, and Brooke is not is not happy about that. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, like, you really think it's because she's upset about Felix seeing Teresa? Is she really upset about that? Because there's a lot else that's going on in this episode with her. Like, she's still struggling with the fact that, like, her family doesn't have money. Mm-hmm. And I... I mean, they they portray her as really, like, upset. And she's, she's getting drunk to kind of cope mm-hmm. with it all. And you really think it's because of Felix? Or is that just one factor in it all? Uh, maybe she's, like, putting her energy into the Felix then because of everything else that's going on. So it's easier to think about a boy right now. Yeah. Maybe. I never thought about, the, thought about it that way. So is that what you think? Possibly. I just feel like she's put a lot of energy into 
like, making it clear to Felix that she doesn't want anything to do with him other than sex. (laughs) Yeah. She's, like, made it apparent multiple times. But is that her just, like, kind of putting up a front for how she really feels? Or is it just being, like, the fact that, like, someone else was chosen and she wasn't? Maybe that's, like, a realization in that moment. Like, maybe she does have feelings for him. Or she just, just the fact that, like, he chose to go with someone else. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah, because she's not being chosen. Because, I mean, think about it. Brooke spent her entire life, like, living in privilege, always being chosen. Like, yeah. she gets attention from men. Um, You know, she gets all the money in the world. And, I mean, think about it this way, too. Like, her parents don't pay attention to her at all. No. So, I, I feel like, you know, the fact that, like, th- here's another person in her life who's not paying attention to her. She's like, what the fuck? And it also stirs up feelings from last season mm-hmm. with not being chosen um lucas not choosing her right but the end of the day yeah it might not even be about felix i never thought about it from that perspective i know i really was like honing in on those scenes with her because i was like why is she this depressed like why are they making her so depressed in this episode but i don't know i feel like it has to do with a lot of different things but felix is one of them mm-hmm and I feel like, you know, because of, like, her being all depressed, she's not noticing, like, you know, the great things that are right in front of her. Like, Mouth, for example. I don't want to give Mouth too much credit for, you know, buying her dollhouse, which we end up learning it was Felix who bought it, not Mouth. And Mouth was just taking the credit for it. But the other thing, it, kind of, it really kind of broke my heart. Like, here is, here's Mouth, and he is being so sweet and so kind right here. And Brooke's just like, look at Felix. Felix isn't paying attention to me, <laughs> you know? And she just says that he's, like, a good little brother, Is were those his, yeah. her words? Yeah, she calls him a good little brother, yeah. yeah. And, of course, that makes Mouth really sad, because, you know, he wanted to he wanted to be a little bit more, which I, I get. I have space for that. I mean, it's Brooke. She's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think there's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> No, I, mean, I think that's really what it is. He just has a crush on her. She's attractive. But he said, I love you. I know. I mean, Brooks. She's always nice to Mouth. Yeah. But she doesn't see him in that way. So yeah. You kind of think about it from her perspective too. She doesn't see him in that way. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. I obviously do have space for that. If she doesn't like have those romantic feelings, yeah, I don't blame her by any means. I'm just saying, like, uh, she didn't seem appreciative of him, like. I, I don't I don't know how to how the best way to describe it. I know I've been in situations like that before where I've realized, like, you know what, this person is really great to me, but I don't necessarily appreciate them mm-hmm. on the on the same level. And now, like, looking back, I wish I did. Yeah. And I just, I, like, I feel like, uh, you know, maybe 10 years from now, Brooke will look back and be like, you know what, like, why did I care more about Mouth? Like, even, like, when Mouth, like, came up to her and was just like, you know, I think you look really beautiful. She's like, pfft. Let's discount. You know, I feel like she's so stuck in her own head. And that's the problem. Like, I'm not I'm not mad at her for not giving mouth the time of day. Of course not. Because, come on. <laughs> what kind of SJW podcast do you think this is? <laughs> but yeah, those are my, those are my thoughts in general about that. Yeah, I, I think it's also that kind of storyline is kind of repeated in shows and movies like 
the guy likes the girl or vice versa. And it just, there's no reciprocation there. Mm-hmm. One is viewed as like a little brother or sister, you know, this close friend, yeah. but there's just no feelings on the other side of it. For sure, yeah. But I'm interested to see where this will go. And also, why did Felix lie about buying the dollhouse? Does that make you sympathize with him? Does that make you think, you know what, he is a good guy? I know. He's doing this nice thing for Brooke. You would think he would want the credit for it. But he also, I feel like, doesn't want to... It's like playing by Brooke's rules. She doesn't really want to be romantically involved. And that gesture coming from him would, like, mean something more. I guess coming from Mouth, it's just, like... It's just a nice gesture, but coming from Felix, I feel like it sends a different message. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it does. But do you do you uh, sympathize with him though? Do you still do you think like, oh, he's actually a good guy and he's being selfless? Did you get that at all here? I think originally, yes. When I watched this, now I'm like, what the heck? What this doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but like originally, when I watched this, the writers want you to sympathize with him. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely did a little bit. I, I know I did. N- now I don't. But looking at this, like, yeah, like, look at him. He did something so good here. But you know what? He is still so bad. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about his whole interaction between Lucas and Anna. Uh, he finds this hopeless photo. And he's like, you know, what is this? This picture of my sister? Blah, 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 blah. I I have no words really. <laughs> it's he was the one who created that dare. Yeah, exactly. Which that's touched on in the deleted scene. Yes, it is. That's that's on the DVDs. Anna confronts him and she's like, "So it's okay for other girls to do this and not me?" Mm-hmm. Like Felix, stop policing your sister. You have no right to like anything that she does. Honestly, I, I yeah. Gosh, I mean, such a hypocrite. He wants uh-huh. that dare for other girls, but not his sister. And I really like how in the deleted scene, Anna really stood up for herself. More so in the yeah. actual episode. Yeah, like, that's a much better scene than what we got. Because, I mean, in the actual episode, he just confronts Lucas. And he's like, yeah, what the fuck, man? That's my sister. <laughs> and Lucas is like, I, you know, your sister wants to do that on her own accord. You know? Yeah. And, and who cares if she did? You know? I get that Felix doesn't know that Lucas never saw the picture because Anna took it. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I have a little space for being upset. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you know what? I don't have space for it. <laughs> I, I feel conflicted. Like, I can see how, like, an older brother would be protected, protective of his younger sister. And he doesn't, what he knows about Lucas is really not good <laughs> because of what Lucas did. We know Lucas more than Felix does. So I, I, can understand it a little bit, but it's still hypocritical because why was he, why was Felix creating this dare if his sister, mm-hmm. who's the same age as the other girls, can't do it? Yup. So, yeah. There's my nuanced take. <laughs> <laughs> I just shrugged my shoulders. <laughs> you can't see me, listeners, but. Yeah. Also, this, uh, this fight between Felix and Lucas, why did Lucas get grounded? I don't know. Felix was the one to punch him. And yeah. and Lucas was standing up to for mouth. Yeah. Because 
it, you know, all the tension about the, the picture happened. And then that scene ended. And then we came back and Mouth was confronting Felix. And then Lucas happened to be there mm-hmm. and stepped in. Yeah. I don't know why Lucas would get grounded in that situation either. <laughs> yeah. And he even said, like, he was like, oh, I'm not going to do this here. Like, this is my mom's night. I'm not going to do it. And then Asa Felix is like, that's okay, because I will. I don't know, just to cause drama. (laughs) I I was like, okay, what else could he have done? Could he have, like, maybe Lucas could have just, like, walked away from the situation. But I'm like, come on, you got punched in the face. (laughs) I know. know? You have to defend yourself a little bit. Jeez. You're going to react, you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, Felix threw the first punch. Like, you know what, Karen? I I don't want to judge your parenthood, but... I'm going to judge your parent head. <laughs> <laughs> they make Karen to be a little strict at times. <laughs> That's odd, yes. I think they do, for sure. They also make her a little bit uh, silly with her interpretations, as we see with her relationship with Andy. When... <laughs> Kayla, just, just talk. You can talk. <laughs> I... Ugh, this is just so frustrating to me, because we touched on this in the previous episode... Was it in the regular episode of the spoiler segment? I don't recall. No, it was a regular episode. Okay. I'm positive it was a regular episode. <laughs> Whatever. Regardless, you want to just recap your thoughts just in case. Yes, Who knows? I'm going to recap my thoughts. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we touched on it in the previous episode, but this one it makes it even more apparent because Karen like turns her and Andy around in the mirror so they can see their reflections and basically says like what is this what does this picture look like making meaning look right to you yeah <laughs> like they look so different i ha- they don't look different at all they literally look the same age to me <laughs> she's like six more Kelly in real life is like six years older than him <laughs> that is like nothing when you're in your 30s you know they're both in their 30s mm-hmm. in real life and also i guess in the show they're in their 30s but um, yeah. really strange, Re- really, really strange. <laughs> and then there's no notice, like there's no reference to to Keith and Jules and their age difference. Yep. And they have a the actor and actress have a major age difference, like 18 years or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it would be it would make a lot more sense to acknowledge their age difference because it's actually an age difference. Like significant sure, one, yeah. you know. It's just amazing to me that, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know how in the world they could create a scene like that because it doesn't make any sense. Their point wasn't proven. They don't look different. <laughs> but of course, it's because the woman is the older one. Yeah. Versus the male is the older one and the Keith and Jules thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's the patriarchy yep. at play. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, fuck that. And I, you know, in my most recent rewatch of the whole series, I, I don't think I had ever fully paid attention to that before, but I wanted to scream at the TV <laughs> because it yeah. was just like, okay, you're going to acknowledge this couple, but you're not going to acknowledge the couple where it's actually a significant age difference. Yeah, exactly. And they're both, like, full-fledged adults, so there really isn't, like, that big of a deal at all. I want to know what Moira Kelly's thoughts were, because mm. that made no sense, like, at all. It, that that whole storyline doesn't make any sense, the age difference. Yeah. 
It's a little offensive, <laughs> actually, because Morikawa looks young. Yeah, like, I just wonder, are they trying to say that she looks old, or? I don't know. She's not 40. She's not, she's not even 40 at this time. Yeah, Karen's supposed to be, like, 35, 36 at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think the actress is, yeah. The she's same. a little bit older, yeah. But, yeah. but still, it's like, why? What are they saying here? <laughs> yeah, it's a little offensive. Little oh, offensive. for sure, yeah. Maybe that's something that'll be unpacked on Drama Queens. I wonder. <laughs> I kind of hope so. Oh, I cause... can't wait till they get to season two. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be so great. Oh, I love it so much. But anywho, uh, someone like, you know, the lighter notes, though, between Karen and Andy. I love that Andy got a little toddler-sized shirt for <laughs> Lucas. Oh my gosh. Which I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, how like, how do you make assumptions like that? Like, why did he assume that Lucas was like six? What if he was a baby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you make assumptions like that? Because she's in her 30s, like technically, if you had a, even the baby in early 20s or mid 20s, like, <laughs> uh-huh. you know what I mean? I that that's really strange. I was like, yeah, she didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know that. Like, you know, she had a baby in high school, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't know. I feel like you could at least assume, like, you know, she was at least like twenty five or something. Yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> and it's just funny that Karen like never corrected him because it was before. It was even before the opening night. He was showing the shirt, wasn't he? At the cafe? Yeah. And that just shows her insecurity about revealing that fact. And I think they were trying to do something by being like, oh, like, look, there's a huge age difference. Like, look at me. I have a teenage son. But I'm like, Karen, you got fucking pregnant when you were 17. Like, <laughs> like this isn't a traditional, like, you know, situation. Like, it's not like you're, like, 50 and you have a 17-year-old kid. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, they're full-fledged adults. I feel like it would have been a different story if, like... Because I feel like if you're... Let's say if you're 28 and 20, that is a bigger age difference than if you're, like, 38 and 30. Oh, for sure. As far as, like, maturity is concerned, because, I mean, come on, your brain your brain isn't even fully formed until you're, like, 25. I like, know. we all... <laughs> yeah, you, you, that's a perfect point, because 20 and 28 is vastly different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they're both fully fledged adults with fully formed brains. Like, what is wrong here? I mean, besides the fact, like, you know, the student teacher thing, which that's... We covered that. That is wrong. Yep. We address that. <laughs> and we will, we will stay on that. But, yeah. Anyway, shall we move on to talking about the other couple with an actual big age difference? <laughs> yes. I mean... Which, to be fair, we also do not have a problem with, because you know what? They are also adults, but at the same time, double standard. <laughs> yes. Big double standard, but I like Jules and Keith. Um, they're they're fun. I feel really? like this is like a different. Really, this is like a different um type of woman that I think Keith would typically be drawn to, because obviously he had feelings for Karen for so long. But Jules is like totally different than Karen. What are your thoughts? Oh my god, I hated it. You don't like them? <laughs> like I hated them in this episode. <laughs> really. Yeah. What did you not like? All the little mind games that Jules played with Keith, saying like, oh, like, I'm going to invite all my other boyfriends here. Or she'll try, you know, she tried to like basically make it look like she was dating other people and whatnot, which uh, it seemed like Keith was in on the joke. 
Yeah, like I never was, really perceived it as, like, that he wasn't. Yeah, but then it's, I don't know, it seemed like a shock at the end of the episode. He was like, when she was like, oh, let's be exclusive. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like, oh, okay, like, let's do this then. Because, I, I don't know, like, I'm not far in age from Keith. <laughs> But, um, I feel like if anybody was to date me and try to do those little mind games with me, I'd be like, I'm not into this. Like, can we, can we not? You have a point. I, I can see what you mean. And I feel like there is an age difference being shown right there. Because, I mean, she's still young and, like, you know, dating around and everything like that. Whereas Keith is getting to that age where he's like, you know what, I kind of want to settle down. And I feel like they both have, like, different views on relationships right now. So, honestly, I hated it. I did not like... It just seemed like Jules was fighting nine games, in my opinion. I can see that. I just never thought of it. I thought of it as, like, a kind of just being almost flirty in a way. Like, it was lighthearted. I, I just saw it as, like, a lighthearted yeah. way to... I'm, I'm, I'm sure that was the intention behind yeah. it. But I'm just saying, like, maybe I'm just, like, projecting myself into the situation right here, but... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I would I would not be dating anybody if they were to do something like that. I'm like, come on. Like, no. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Trying to, like, play with me to make me think, like, hee hee hee, I'm keeping you at a, at a distance. <laughs> Jeremy's face right now. I can't even describe it. <laughs> I'm projecting. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yep. uh, well. The fun part anyway. of this episode. Are you ready to talk yes! about it? <laughs> yes. Haley. Oh my gosh. It's her opening. Don't think. Just play. Aw. <laughs> Such a good. And like, it's a good line. Yes. <laughs> I remember someone saying that to me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Back tell in me. our early podcast days. Tell, tell me more about this. Tell the, I, tell I was the just awkward in the beginning of podcasting, I feel like. I didn't know what, what I was doing. You weren't awkward. <laughs> Jeremy had to give me a pep talk, so he quoted One Tree Hill. <laughs> yes, it was It was this very line, don't think, just play. You weren't awkward. That's the, that's the wrong way to describe it. I feel like you were just like, you were nervous, and you were just like... It was a brand you, new thing. Yeah, you need to be like, you know, pumped up a little bit, you know? <laughs> that's that's what I tried to do, and I hope I did it. You've been very fabulous. My energy, I keep my energy up. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know what? You are fabulous, and listeners, tell Caitlin how fabulous she is. <laughs> oh gosh, please don't. <laughs> in our Patreon Discord. <laughs> or on Twitter, at Miss Irene. just like, you know, pump her up, you know? <laughs> Give it to her. Throw the compliments uh, at her. <laughs> Jeremy, you're too much. Anyway. Let's talk about Haley. <laughs> Kayla's like, I don't want to talk about me anymore. Can we? <laughs> Moving on. I love Haley. I love this scene. It's like the highlight of the whole episode. Uh-huh. It's October again. And like the whole crowd is just like in awe of her. And it, it's a, an amazing debut, really. Mm-hmm. Would this song actually get played at a nightclub, though? It is kind of a weird song to have on an opening night, though, because it's very, like, yeah. low energy, you know? <laughs> I hate that these are the things I question nowadays. I'm like, would this actually play at a club? <laughs> but it 
was supposed to be like a talent night, so it could be, you know, a variety of different things. And then we have Chris mm-hmm. Keller who bails, which brings Haley on stage anyway. And he's being sneaky there. It's like he was doing that on purpose, as we learn later, uh-huh. to get her up on stage because she was bailing out last minute. But she did it. She did. She didn't even really seem nervous, I don't think. She did a great job, and it was because she didn't think. She just played. <laughs> it was so good. I find a hard time believing that she got an interview with Thumb Magazine, though. I know. But this is, like, <laughs> the hot thing in Tree Hill, this new club. And then I, yeah. she's a local artist, just starting. I guess so. you could say that. But, like, does she even have, like, respect as an artist? I mean, she literally, like, she wrote one song. She performed one show with this one song. Who knows? Maybe Thud Magazine has nothing else to write about. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's a good point. I'm sorry. These are the things I question nowadays, especially like you know being like a being a journalist. Still, I'm like, I'm like Haley's great, but I wouldn't necessarily interview her at this point <laughs> where she's at right now. You know, very the very first time she's on stage. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> she's the next hot and upcoming artist. I'm like, is she? <laughs> Come on. And then uh, I, I really liked when Nathan is watching her perform. And then Lucas is like, you did a good thing for her, Nate. And then Nathan's like, no, she did it by herself. And I just love that because it wasn't like, you know, like, oh, this is all happening because, you know, I gave up high flyers. It's happening because she is great. Like, it's given her agency. And I just I just love that moment. Nathan has become such a changed dude. He really is so different than a whole season ago. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's putting himself, or putting Haley before himself is really commendable, honestly. So wonderful. Um, And one thing I wanted to point out also about that whole storyline with Haley, at the very end, Chris Keller actually invites her to, for studio time. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to talk about that moving forward. Yeah, what's going to happen here? Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, Deb lies. <laughs> We're just going to, like, move on with the conversation. Great transition. Thanks. <laughs> I'm getting good at this. What can I say? <laughs> she does lie. Yes. Um. So Dan goes into Karen's Cafe early in the episode, and he basically reveals like oh i hope keith isn't uh handing out around the cafe because of me mm-hmm. and then karen's like why and he's like oh didn't you know that they that uh keith and deb slept together and karen's like what first of all why would you reveal that so casually that was a really weird scene that was just thrown into the episode that was the only scene that dan was in right mm-hmm. and the episode starts with that like he's coming in to apologize also to Karen, and then he says, right? He apologizes to her about everything. Yeah, yeah. And then he reveals that, which you know is purposeful, because mm-hmm. just the way he said it, it just seems yeah. conniving. Even Karen was like, <laughs> you know, nobody's buying this Phoenix Effect bullshit. Yeah. I love how Karen would be <laughs> the one to tell him that. <laughs> yeah, she's the first character to actually, like, really acknowledge that. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> For the record. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. But also, like, I'm surprised, like, you know, I mean, I feel like Karen's more focused on the fact, like, yo, like, uh, Deb and Keith slept together. But at the same time, like, can she question Dan's social skills <laughs> in this situation? Because, come on, why would you reveal something like that so flippantly? 
I know. I I don't get it either. Yeah. And also, you know, we're made to believe that this is bothering Karen. Because in the end, you know, she confronts Deb about it. You know, get confirmation if this actually happened. And Mm -hmm. Deb lies about it. But I don't know. We're made to believe that Karen, like, this is going to upset her. But in reality, she rejected Keith. What is she? Mm -hmm. She should. She has no right, first off. And why does she care? Mm -hmm. That's what. Yeah, that's what I said, too. Like, why is this any of her business? Um. At this, on the flip side, though, like, I do want to mention the fact, like, you know, her and Zeb are friends, so, like, why didn't Zeb bring something like that up? Yeah. Like, it just, you know, it just seemed like, you know, Zeb was keeping it a secret for a reason, and I feel like, you know, you feel a little bit betrayed and feel a little bit lied to when your friend is keeping something from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's true. Yeah, because you do notice she, she talks to Zeb, she doesn't talk to Keith about it, because I feel like she has, like, no hold over Keith, she's like, whatever, but, you know, her and Deb are friends, and I feel like she expects a little bit more from her friend mm-hmm. right now. So, I did think that at first, like, she doesn't have any right, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, come on, like, I understand, you know, it's about her friendship at this point. Yeah. But still, though, that makes her, like... Even getting the confirmation from Deb, it makes you believe that she cares about Keith or is upset that this happened between these hmm. two. That could be it. I don't know. I feel like wh- why else would they have that storyline, you know? Like, what else yeah. are they trying to show? <laughs> because you know what? They are actually pursuing the love story. And I'm not saying this because Deb, I am literally, I'm not saying this because of that. For uh-huh. To be clear, because I know you're going to laugh. The love story meaning, like, the friendship between Zeb and Karen. That's what they're more interested in doing right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which. True. I kind of liked. So, yeah, I'm being serious when I say this is about their friendship, but I'm also being serious because Karen actually does want to fuck Deb, okay? <laughs> so she actually is upset that Deb slept with Keith and not that Keith slept with Deb. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm just saying, this is a direction the storyline could go in. <laughs> oh my gosh, it just keeps getting better and better as we talk about this <laughs> fantasy ship. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real life ship, and I'm like, I, I, I need to know, like, is there fanfic about this? I think we've asked this question before. We always ask listeners to send stuff to us, and they never do. So... <laughs> I'm just saying, I really appreciate these two, and both the friendship and the romance that actually is developing, but the writers are too chicken shit to actually develop themselves. All right, Jeremy, we're moving on to the coda. I'm being serious here, Kate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. This coda plays to the song Proof by I Am Clutes. Uh, that's a very interesting band name. I kept thinking about I, I am, am Groot. Groot. Yep. <laughs> that's all okay. I kept thinking of. <laughs> I am Clutes. I am Clutes. <laughs> anyway, do you, do you want to go through the, the list of all the things that happened in Dakota? Because sure. I just screamed about Deborah and, you know, I need a drink of water. All right. So we start off with Mouth. Uh, who takes Brooke home, and Felix ends up getting the credit for that one. Karen asks Deb about sleeping with Keith. Keith and Jules decide to be exclusive, and they spend the night together. 
Nathan waits for Haley in bed while throwing the basketball in the air. And we notice that it's 2.38 a.m. So he's waiting up for her. Haley is still out at the club. Mm. Peyton and Haley come upon Rick and his crew doing cocaine. The coda ends. And Felix tells Lucas to stay away from Anna. He comes to his house and basically warns him. Stay away. Mm-hmm. We didn't really touch on the whole Peyton thing. Oh, we did not. So we we basically find out that Peyton did drugs that one time that Rick had pressured her. And Haley- Well, we knew that. What? We knew, th- we, we knew that from 205. We knew that from Darenite, though. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this wasn't a reveal. <laughs> True. It's a reveal to Haley. It's a reveal to yeah. Haley. Okay, yeah. We did re- we did get that in, at Dare Night. I forgot yes. about that already. Remember she said it in a confessional booth and she cried? How dare you insult Hillary Burton Morgan's performance? I am sorry. That. I will never offend Hillary. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So we, it was a big reveal, though, but to Haley. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they left us hanging there. And the Lucas and Felix drama just continues. Oh. <sighs> Gosh. It's a warden. Uh-huh. Like, they even had to, like, end the song for the coda to, like, show that scene. I'm like, this isn't really that interesting. Yep. Just... Yep. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. I'm so over Felix. It's been, yeah, I am what, too. four, five, six, four episodes? This is the fourth episode he said. Four too many. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take the words right out of my mouth. But... Let's take a break and talk about some of our favorite things in this episode. What was your favorite quotes? Okay, so I liked what... Because we got one scene with Whitey in this episode. And uh, Whitey was speaking to Nathan because Nathan was visiting him in the hospital. I think you and I have the same favorite quote, but go ahead. And, (laughs) And Whitey says, Maybe you're not taking a step forward as a basketball player, but you're taking two steps forward as a man. And I thought that Mm. was... I don't know. I thought that was a meaningful quote because it shows how far Nathan has come. And he's, like we said before, you know, he's putting Haley before himself. And that's a big deal for him to turn down that basketball camp. But I for sure, I yeah. love how Whitey acknowledges it. Like, Whitey cares about the team, but he also cares about the players themselves. And I think this scene really showed that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, as you said, it's just a great representation of Nathan's arc as well. Mm-hmm. Just shows how far he's come. It's just, that was a really great scene, I admit. That's interesting. We had the same quote. I feel like yeah. Whitey also, he has acknowledged it more than other characters have about Nathan's mm-hmm. change. That's interesting to me. For sure. Absolutely. Um, now, that was my favorite quote, but I want to give one honorable mention. Okay. So, after uh, Chris uh, steps off the stage, Karen's like, uh, so sorry about the, uh, well, I don't know what that was. And then to apologize for it, she says, how about a free round on the house? Everybody's like, yay! <laughs> then Peyton says, no, all ages! <laughs> and then Karen quickly says, of juice, of juice, of juice, a free round of juice. Oh, yeah, that was good. I feel like Peyton is in charge. <laughs> More than Karen is. Peyton has her shit together. It's wonderful. She really does. Because <laughs> I think Peyton's like, yeah, listen, Karen, like, I don't want you to lose your liquor license. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. It's so, so good. Oh, and I want to mention the voiceover while we're talking about quotes. Oh, yeah. So I'll I'll read what the quote says. So this is how the episode started with Lucas saying the following. Oliver Wendell Holmes once said, Many people die with their music still in them. Too often it is because they are always getting ready to live. Before they know it, time runs out. Hmm. Now, I know the whole episode is obviously musical themed because of the opening yeah. of the nightclub. Um, right. And Haley's performance and everything. But I wonder why they chose that quote. Because <laughs> I don't know if it really, like, connects. Because it has music in it. Yeah, I feel like it has music in it. And I guess it's just like basically saying, you know, it's important to live in the moment and not a lot of people do. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like it's a meaningful quote, but like, I don't know. So far this season, the voiceovers have been weird. Huh? Like the last one was too. Yeah. I wonder are there new people in charge of this? It's... I feel like they're trying to... Some of these quotes, I feel like they're trying to make the show very highbrow. Mm-hmm. And... Yes. That's a good way to put it. They just need to s- stop. Long <laughs> story short, they just need to stop. <laughs> I mean, I love Lucas' voiceovers, but, like, the ones lately have been a little strange. Yeah. I think we should still... Yeah, we should definitely still keep, like, taking a look at these, because who knows, and the listeners could probably point something out to us as well. I feel like... If maybe. Yeah, characters, like, in this episode, they are kind of taking a risk. Like, obviously, Haley's taking a risk. She's doing something. Um, She's living, you know. And I feel like all the different relationships, too, in a way. Like, there's something going on with Lucas and Anna, even though Felix doesn't want that to happen. And then... Keith and Jules, Karen and Andy, which we've already talked about. So, yeah, yeah, basically the quote is, like, just the importance of living in the moment um, before time runs out. So I feel like some of the characters are definitely doing that. You could say are doing that, yeah. All right, so musical moment. Let's hear it. If I Fall by Bethany Joy Lenz as Haley. (laughs) Yep. Same. Which is how the song is credited. <laughs> how could we not choose that musical moment? <laughs> so good. Like, my girl Haley, she's doing some things, so you know. She really is. I love it. Oh my god. But what is your overall rated for the episode? So I gave it four out of five discount dresses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you? So. Do you want to explain why you gave it a four out of five? Why not a five out of five, Caitlin? This episode is perfect. It's not perfect. I don't know. I I didn't give it a five out of five. I gave it a three out of five. Three out of five artist writers. (laughs) (laughs) I I like this episode. It's fun to see the opening of Trick and Haley's Mm -hmm. performance. And I feel like there's, there's lots of drama going on with a lot of different characters. And it kept me interested the whole time. Yeah, it kept, it kept my interest, but overall, I just feel like this episode is really filler. I feel like there's not a lot of, like, there's not a lot of there there. Yeah, there isn't a ton of content, but it it moves the characters and their relationships along, but not a lot of new things. I yeah. guess you could say the tension between Felix and Lucas, which we end the episode with, and then the whole reveal about Peyton and the drugs. 
Yeah. Which, by the way, shit, we didn't talk about the fact that, like, Felix lied to Brooke about uh, taking her home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he gets all the credit for that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, instead of Mouth, who actually did the shit, you mm-hmm. know? But it's like flip-flop between the dollhouse, like, the one got credit and the other didn't, and then now the one gets credit for... <laughs> taking your home and the other one doesn't what the fuck does felix want like what what does he actually want in this situation like i (laughs) i mean it's also confusing what brooke wants too to play devil's advocate there like she's confusing him he's confusing her they're there's not on the same page it's terrible it's terrible so so that brought your rating down i guess (laughs) everything with felix Felix will always bring the whole episode down for me. <laughs> there will not be a five out of five as long as Felix is in this oh, is on the show. And he, we'll see. it's the Felix heavy episode. Yeah. Like he's in a lot of the scenes with different characters like Anna and then Lucas and Brooke, Mouth. Like he's in a lot of scenes. And you hate to say it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I know for a fact there's at least one episode with Felix in it that does get a five out of five for me, and I'm not saying which one. Ooh. So you just contradicted yourself. <laughs> yeah, because the episode is so good for other reasons that I feel like it can cancel out the Felix of it all. Interesting. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysOTHpod. You can also email us at AlwaysOTHpod at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. And I'm Caitlin Illinich, and you can find me on Twitter at MissIReads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. Yas. Our girl Haley! Yes! Yeah! <laughs> I love how this episode starts her whole career, basically, and things uh, happen rather quickly with her. <laughs> yeah, she becomes, like, an overnight sensation, like, in the span of, like, what, like, the next four episodes or something like that? I know, it's like... She opens for a tour. <laughs> that part's really unrealistic, because it ha- she gets invited to the tour, and yeah... In a matter of just a few episodes, and then is off for I don't know how long. And like this yeah. superstar, <laughs> <You're> not- <laughs> how does that happen? Like, I don't know. I mean, you, I feel like you need to at least like release an album before you can start going on like tour and shit. You, know? you would think you you would think, but only on TV. I mean, what do we know? We're not in the music industry. <laughs> it makes good TV, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
And, you know, do, do you remember? I don't know if you remember this. Or, well, I mean, this is before you started watching the show. Before both of us started watching the show, I should say. Um, but they actually did a life-imitated art type of deal with this. With this tour. Because there was actually a One Tree Hill tour. With Michelle Branch and Tyler Hilton. Uh-huh. Okay, yep. Yep. I know. Yeah, and that's why, like, Bethany Joy Lines was not on the show, because she was doing this tour, essentially. Yeah, we get a lot of, like, heartbreak, because her and Nathan aren't together, but that's why. So, that really is why, because cause of the tour, they write her off? Like, why would they do that? I mean, yeah, essentially, yeah. That's why they, that's why she's not in every episode. Mm-hmm. In season two. She said, like, th- th- there's a few episodes where she said, like, one scene, and, like, that's it. But, obviously, she was busy going on tour. Yeah. I don't, kn- I don't know if their intention was to really, like, capitalize on the whole thing and, like, market her and whatnot. But, yeah, that's what they had to do, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, her career is so interesting, even as we move through the rest of the series, too. I mean, she does a lot of different things. Because then she's on, like, the business side of it a little bit with Peyton at one point. And bringing in younger artists or new artists. And then she's performing like concerts in what, what was that, like season seven? Oh, uh-huh, yes. She had that big concert, which was really cool. Mm hmm. That one song. Like, I can't wait to start seeing her perform like those really up tempo songs. Yeah. Like, we belong to the light, we belong oh, to the thunder. I love that. <laughs> I love so that. good. <laughs> Oh. And Halo, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't love oh Halo? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so excited. Ugh, it's going to be so, so good. Um, On a different note, though, can we talk a little bit about Chris? When does he become, when does he stop becoming, I know, like, you know, we had some uh, thoughts about, like, he, uh, you know, when does he become a dweeb? And when does he start, like, calling himself in the third person? But, like, what, but let's expand on that a little bit like in this episode i feel like he's looked at as like the hot guy like the hot musician mm-hmm. and, and then that changes <laughs> throughout the course of the season i know he's supposed to be like the cool smooth dude now yeah but then he kind of becomes dorky <laughs> yeah it's very interesting i, I feel like it's just beca- it's probably just because the writers didn't know who chris keller was at that point when they when they brought tyler hilton on and then they started to say like tyler hilton has great comedic time and let's do that more with him but it's just always interesting to see like a shift when something like that happens it's a similar progression with tim on this show as well mm-hmm. yeah that's true and that makes sense because, like, as writers, you're not going to know exactly what the actor is capable of unless you know them or you've seen, you know, worked with them closely prior. Right. So, yeah, his his character really does kind of morph. And then he's, like, the butt of the joke, basically, <laughs> a lot yeah. of the times. Like, you go from Brooke being like, hey, show us your dick! <laughs> and then later on in the series, she's like, ew. <laughs> like, I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> Well, it fit it fits the story in the end. Because Yeah. Like you're supposed exactly. to kind of almost look up to him like as like Haley sees him as a mentor, so his role's yeah. a little bit more serious, but like as you get to know the character, he really is I don't know. <laughs> a douche. Yep. Oh. I'm sure there's gonna be plenty of like problematic moments for him. <laughs> That we'll have to, that we'll have to unpack. But like, right as of right now, like I just, I just love him. <laughs> I can't stop loving him. You know, his scenes are fun. They really are. Uh, 
And I know, like, the Naomi fans are really going to hate us for that, because, ooh. I don't like him with Haley. I don't like him with Haley. No. No. Never did. (laughs) (laughs) But. (laughs) His scenes in general are just fun to watch. The the Naomi fans, I remember being so toxic during this point in time now. Like, you know, saying really mean things to Tyler Hilton on the internet and everything. It was toxic back then. Yeah, I can't wait to unpack, like, how I originally felt watching this whole storyline <laughs> yeah. unfold. Because, I mean, it does suck because they, Haley and Nathan just got together and are all happy. And then Chris Keller comes in and ruins that rather quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does. Uh, but did Chris ruin it? I don't know. And I feel like that is something we will chat about. For sure. There's a lot to talk about with that. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Other things to look forward to, though, um, these rumors about Anna. Do, yeah. Do you think this episode set that up well? I think watching this episode uh, originally, I I mean, I can't I w- unknow what I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it really set it up that well. I don't think there were yeah. enough hints to anything. I feel like the writers didn't even know what the rumors were. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were trying to set up the facts, like, oh, like, you know, and, uh, like, and, you know, I'm putting these in giant air quotes, of course, because, you know, I don't believe in this type of language. They were trying to say, like, Anna was a slut. And, you know, who, like I said, who gives a shit? That's why. Giant air quotes. Big disclaimer. I feel like I always have to put disclaimers about shit like that. You know me. But, yeah, we end up realize that like it's the fact that she dated a girl yeah i agree with you i I don't think the writers fully knew what they were doing yet and that would be interesting Mm -hmm. to hear from um the actress's perspective daniello alonzo Alonzo. right yeah Mm -hmm. to hear from her i would love to talk to her i i wonder what she was told about her character and like the language like Felix, in that scene with Felix and Anna, the language is so vague with these rumors. It feels a little forced, you know? You don't really... Like, what? what is this? It, yeah. It, it's strange. <laughs> Just because there's rumors don't mean they're true, Felix! And to go off of... We talked about this a little bit off air, but the deleted scene with Peyton... Anna and Peyton. Which we didn't even talk about in the episode prior. There's one scene between yeah. Peyton and Anna that they just introduced themselves to each other. And yeah, that's pretty much the, the gist of it. Um, but yeah, talk about the deleted scene. So in the deleted scene, Anna's about to leave at the end of the night and her and Peyton are speaking and Peyton gives Anna her number and said, we should hang out sometime. Mm-hmm. And yeah. watching that scene, it's like, wow, this is foreshadowing something it, it really is foreshadowing something and i wonder if they took that out for a reason because the way there is a vibe there there's a vibe maybe they did know that yeah I, I really i'm not sure did they know <laughs> did they not know like there's clues to maybe support both yeah exactly like huh because yeah there is like a little bit of like a romantic vibe between the two of them and just like i don't know if i've ever said this in a spoiler segment on the podcast but i'm just saying if this show were to air today Peyton and anna totally would have gotten together yeah like, even if it was just, like, you know, even if Peyton just, like, had, like, a, you know, a little flame with Anna, I'd realize, like, you know what, I I don't know if I like this. <laughs> Something would have happened between the two of them. And how often do you see in TV, especially then, two girlfriends, and by girlfriends I mean friends, exchanging numbers like that, you know? Right, Usually yeah. you see that in, like... 
it's off screen. Yeah. That's totally off screen. But like if it was a, you know, a boy and girl doing that, that would be more typical. Right, exactly. I remember like watching this back then. I kept thinking like, oh, it'd be so great if like, you know, if Peyton turned out to be bisexual herself. But they were too cowardly. I think it totally, the story totally could have went there. I could see Hillary Burton fulfilling that role, too. Uh, yeah, I really exactly. Could. Wasn't there a line in, uh, in, in Drama Queens? I forgot exactly what... A line in Drama Queens, like it's a show. Like, <laughs> they're podcasts together. Where Hillary mentions that, like, in passing. She says that... She says something about, like, how she imagined Peyton, like, could be with anybody. Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. There, there was something like that. I just... You know, that just made me think, like, wow, like, why didn't they go in this direction? I'm pretty sure Hillary would have been all about it. She would have oh, been like, fuck yeah. yeah she totally would have been down for it. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why we love her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we fucking love her. But yeah, it's it's very disappointing, like, watching this now, because, you know, the, the, the show would have, the show totally would have went there if this was happening today. Just like they would have went there with Zeb and Karen. Um, <clears throat> you know, but... <laughs> What can I say? That's just the truth, bitter truth. (laughs) Truth, bitter truth is also the episode we will discuss next time, which is season two, episode eight. And according to our OTH DVD box sets, at a slumber party, Tree Hill girls share secrets. On a road trip to a basketball game, Nathan and Lucas share concerns about inheriting Dan's genetic heart defect. Nathan gets tested, but Lucas refuses. We'll be seeing ya.